In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My brethren, traditionally, from January 18th to January 25th, we have what we call the Chair of Unity Octave. Eight days in which we pray in a special way for unity. And for this end, we added to the Mass the prayer Ad Tolendum Schisma, for the removal of schism. But this practice has to be well understood. And that's why I wanted to speak to you about this matter today. This week of prayer for unity has to be very well understood. Otherwise, it may give rise to wrong conceptions, falsehoods about the unity of the Church. And that's why it's important that we take time to unmask the errors, to denounce the misconceptions, which are so widespread today about the Church and its unity. Nowadays, it's very common to see the Church defined as the congregation of all baptized people. The congregation of all baptized people. So according to this definition, everyone who is baptized is a member of the Church, a member of the mystical body of Christ, no matter which denomination one may belong to. In this way, Lutherans, Anglicans, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians, Pentecostals, whatever, if they are baptized, they are members of the mystical body of Christ. That's what we hear nowadays. The expression mystical, the expression mystical body of Christ or church of Christ would mean some kind of spiritual association of all Christian denominations, where the Catholic Church is just one more among many. So if we accept the definition of the Church as the congregation of all baptized people, the conclusion we would come to is that the Church is divided. Because its members are present everywhere, in all Christian denominations. And in this case, we would need to pray for the unity of the Church as something yet to be achieved. My brethren, that's not the case. 
We cannot forget that unity is one of the marks of the church. When we say the creed, we say that we believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. One holy Catholic and apostolic. The church is one already. And it's not divided. The church is not fragmented among all Christian denominations as the modernists want us to believe. No. And the key to understand this question is that membership in the church, membership in the mystical body of Christ, requires more than simple baptism. So the church is not simply the reunion of all baptized people, but there are more requirements besides a valid baptism. And in order to expose the true teaching of the church about this matter, I would like to use a figure of the Old Testament. And this figure is the Ark of the Covenant. As you know well, the Old Testament was a preparation for the New Testament. Everything that happened in the old law was a prefiguration of what was to come. And the Ark of the Covenant was a clear prefiguration of the church. So we shall take a quick look at the Ark of the Covenant in order to try to understand better what the church is and who are its members. In the epistle to the Hebrews, St. Paul tells us that in the Ark of the Covenant there were three things. First of all, he mentions the golden urn which had the manna that bread which came down from heaven. Then he mentions that in the ark there was also the rod of the high priest, Aaron. And also the two tables with the Ten Commandments of the law of God. So the manna the rod of Aaron, and the law of God. This is what was in the ark. So this is what should be in the church. So my brethren, we will only come to understand what the church really is, and who are its members, 
when we come to understand the meaning behind these three things. The manna, the rod of the high priest, and the commandments. Because as these elements were essential to explain what the Ark of the Covenant was, so they are essential to explain what the church is. So first of all, the urn with manna represents the seven sacraments instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ. The rod of the high priest represents the ecclesiastical hierarchy and authority also instituted by Christ. And the tables with the law of God represent the doctrine of our Lord. And there are two tables because the doctrine of our Lord comes to us from Holy Scriptures and tradition. So here we have the three essential elements of the church, the seven sacraments, the hierarchy, and the doctrine, the true doctrine of our Lord. So now it's easy for us to understand the definition that Pope Pius X gives of the church in his major catechism. He says, the Catholic Church is, is the union or, or congregation of all baptized people who, still living on earth, profess the same faith and the same law of Jesus Christ participate in the same sacraments and obey their lawful pastors, particularly the Roman pontiff. It means that in order to be a member of the church, it's not enough to be baptized. But one needs to participate in the same sacraments, one needs to obey the lawful pastors, and one needs to believe and profess the true doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ. These, are, these three things are necessary together with baptism for someone to be considered a member of the church. In this way, we cannot count among the members of the church those who are not validly baptized. This one is easy. The apostates, which means those who have rejected the entirety of the faith. The heretics, 
who are those who deny one or more articles of the faith. This, the schismatics, those who separate themselves from the lawful pastors of the church, and also those who are excommunicated. So this leads us to conclude that Protestants, the Protestants, they are not members of the church. Because not only they do not hold the true teachings of our Lord, but they also do not obey the lawful pastors of the church. And they do not have participation in the same sacraments. So even though they may be baptized, they are outside the house of God. They are not in communion with the Catholic Church, which means that they are not members of the mystical body of Christ. Let me quote Pope Pius, Pope Pius XII. Actually, only those who are to be included as members of the Church, who have been baptized and profess the true faith, and who have not been so unfortunate as to separate themselves from the unity of the body or being excluded by legitimate authority for grave faults committed. So I know that it may sound harsh nowadays, but this is what the Church has always taught. And to say the opposite would go not only against the truth, but also against charity. And here lies the great sin of ecumenism, which is to condone those who are in error, telling Protestants and the like that they can remain where they are in their own religious traditions and please God at the same time. As if God didn't care. That's a lie, my brethren. That's a fraud. God didn't want the plurality of religions. But God willed only one religion. The true religion. The Catholic religion. Everything else is the work of the devil. As St. Cyprian once said, we cannot have God as our Father if we do not have the Church as our Mother. So, if we pray this week for unity, we are not asking for a union 
which is yet to be achieved, as if the body of Christ was fragmented among all the so-called Christian denominations. No. But when we pray for unity, we are asking God to bring all those who are outside to the center of unity, which is the Catholic Church, outside which there is no salvation. My brethren, there is only one boat that leads us to the other side. And this boat is the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is the only place where we can find the manna, the rod of the high priest, and the two tables of the law. The only place where we can find the seven sacraments, the legitimate hierarchy, and the true teachings of our Lord in scripture and tradition. So we should pray, asking for the conversion of those who are outside the Catholic Church. Especially if we have loved ones who are in such situation. But we should also pray that we, who by the mercy of God are inside the Church, that we may persevere to the end in the confession of the true faith, but also in our efforts to lead a life which is pleasing to our Lord. So may God and all the saints help us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Um.